Hey, good morning. It is great to be back with you. I am very happy to see you, whether you are in the room or you are joining us online. I just believe this series has the potential to be an absolute game changer when it comes to our faith. Now, how many of you guys know that we live in a crazy world? You with me? We live in a crazy world. That is absolutely true. Like, it's crazy that you can know any fact about any subject ever in an instant. That's pretty wild. I'm old enough to remember when we didn't have the internet and people used to sit around and debate and argue about facts, you know? These days, you just pull out your phone, you Google it, and somebody is immediately proven wrong. It's wonderful. Thankfully, now in 2021, there is no reason for people to argue anymore because the answers are literally at our fingertips. I don't know, it's kind of crazy if you think about it. Or consider the fact that you could be anywhere on the planet if you wanted to be by tomorrow, if you had enough money maybe, right? You could literally do it. Imagine yourself going back to the 1800s and talking to people back then and saying, you know, in the future, we're all gonna fly around on these giant mechanical birds called airplanes. It's wild. They're gonna look at you like you're nuts, right? They're gonna say that's absolutely crazy. And of course, it's not just technology that's crazy. People are crazy too, all right? Do I have to remind you that it was just like 24 months ago that everybody was eating Tide Pods for fun, okay? Our world has plenty of crazy in it. So it might surprise you to hear me say that I think our world actually needs a little more crazy. I think we need a little more crazy. See, we have crazy technological and scientific innovation, and we have craziness in the culture around us. But can I tell you, there is one part of our world in which things are too normal, too boring, too safe, too predictable. We've got crazy inventions. We've all got crazy uncles. But can I say to you that we need crazy faith in our world. We need crazy faith to believe that God can and will do things that you could never even imagine. I'm talking about the kind of faith, you guys, that makes other people nervous. You know what I'm saying? The kind of faith that when you say what you're believing God for, everybody looks at you like, are you serious? That's crazy. That's never, ever going to happen. That's the kind of faith that I want to see happen and have us to have here. The kind of faith that gets heaven's attention, you know? The kind of faith that when you start praying, God perks up and he's like, oh, finally, somebody is taking my power seriously. I want that kind of faith in my life. And I want Connect Church to be that kind of church, to be willing to trust and believe with every fiber in our being that God can do what Ephesians chapter number three, verse 20 says. Let's put it on the screen. God is able to do immeasurably more than anything we could ask or imagine. This is the kind of faith that we're going to be talking about over the next six weeks in this series called Crazy Faith. The faith that says God can do immeasurably more. That belief that God can do immeasurably more, that's what differentiates crazy faith from normal faith. Boring faith, everyday kind of faith. See, lots of Christians have faith in God. They have faith that, you know, God will keep his promises. I know who keep his promises, sure. Faith that God will, you know, take care of their basic needs and, you know, maybe give them a comfortable and a safe life. Faith that God could do difficult things, you know, yeah. 
But guys, can I tell you, God does not want to do difficult things in your life. God wants to do impossible things. Things that you would never even believe could be possible. The scripture says God is able to do far beyond even that. So this is the kind of faith that we want in our church, in our hearts, in our souls. We want crazy faith. And again, that's different from regular faith. Regular faith says, you know, God can forgive your past. But crazy faith says God has already freed you from your past. You don't even have to worry about that anymore. It's done. It's taken care of. It's gone. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Regular faith says, you know, Christ will return someday. But crazy faith says Christ is going to return any day, you guys. Like today might be the day. You might not even have dinner tonight, okay? Because Christ may be coming back. That's what crazy faith tells us. Regular faith says God will help me get out of debt. But crazy faith says, no, no, by God's grace, I'm going to be the lender, not the borrower. I am going to live in abundance. Truly and genuinely, crazy faith says, I'm not going to accept what is normal, what's expected. I'm not going to go soft or low or slow in my prayers. I'm going to go all in because I serve a God who is able to do immeasurably more than anything I might think or imagine. Faith, regular faith, it hopes that your kids are going to grow up and go to church. But crazy faith believes that your kids are going to grow up and leave the church. You with me? This is the kind of faith that God wants to impart to you through his word in this series. We're going to do everything we can to build your confidence over the next few weeks that God really can do whatever you have the faith to ask him for. This series is going to be a game changer, you guys. And not only because we're going to be talking about having crazy faith, but Over the next six weeks, every single Sunday, you are going to see us demonstrate crazy faith in a way that you have never experienced on a Sunday morning at church. It is going to be amazing. So let me read to you or share with you the first principle of crazy faith. And this is our bottom line. This is the truth for this morning. And it's found in Matthew chapter number 20. Matthew chapter number 20, verses 29 through 34, tells the story of Jesus as he's walking through a town. And the scriptures say here in this passage, as Jesus and the disciples in, uh, left the town of Jericho, a large crowd, Siri, shh, sorry about that. Okay, let's start over. As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, but they only shouted louder, Lord, have mercy on us. Now, when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see Jesus felt compassion for them and he touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see and then they followed him. I'm always so fascinated by this story. Like the fact that Jesus looks these blind men in the face and he says to them, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, They're blind. I think they want their sight back, Jesus. That's quite obviously what they're looking for. Now, look, I want you guys to understand, Jesus could have asked this question for any number of reasons, and there are probably several motivations behind the question itself. But I think one of the primary reasons Jesus requires them to speak their request, to share what it is that they want him to do, is because crazy faith is specific faith. Crazy faith is specific faith. Crazy faith is specific faith. I'm going to say it one more time, just so we're all on the same page this morning. Crazy faith is specific faith. 
See, this kind of faith, it knows exactly what it wants, and it's not afraid to ask for it. It is bold. It is specific. It is direct. It makes other people uncomfortable. Shut up. Stop talking. No, no, no. Don't say that. Don't ask for that. God's never going to do that. No, no, no. It is specific faith that is more than willing to speak what it hopes God will do. Now, I know that this sounds very basic. You're like, obviously, Daniel, if you want God to do something for you, then you have to ask him, right? But I don't think it's as obvious as we think it is. Because if these men in this story had prayed the way that most modern Christians pray, when Jesus asked them, what do you want me to do for you? They would have said, oh Lord, just bless us, please. Just bless us. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's a good thing because everybody's always asking God to do it. Or they would have said something like, Lord, help us to accept the things that we cannot change. That is a type of faith. Okay, yes. And that's not necessarily a bad prayer to to pray. But can I remind you that we are not talking about normal faith in this series. We are talking about crazy faith. And crazy faith doesn't say, God, help me to be okay with life when it's not going the way that I think it should, or even maybe the way that you want it to. Instead, it says, God, do the impossible. Let me see. Restore my sight. Do something that the doctors and my friends and my family have told me would never, ever happen. Crazy faith is a specific faith. Now, guys, I've been guilty of this uh, sort of like general, I'll call it hazy faith, okay? We're saying that we should have crazy faith, but a lot of times we get caught up in hazy faith. And I've been guilty of this, and you probably have too. I wonder if you've ever had this experience. So when I was a kid, my parents used to ask me every single year, Danny, what do you want for your birthday? And I always responded the exact same way. I don't know. How many of your kids are like that? Some, okay, most of your kids are like, no, no, I want a PlayStation and I want an Xbox and I want a Switch and, you know, they want it all, okay? But I never would be specific about what I wanted them to provide me. And the reason I think, there were probably a lot of reasons, you know, I was a little afraid that if I asked for something and then they didn't give it to me, that I'd be really disappointed, you know? Or maybe I was afraid that I would ask for something that was too expensive and I would force my dad to say, look, I love you, bud, and I wish I could do that for you, but there's no way we can afford that, okay? Why don't you think a little cheaper? Let's go for the generic option of whatever you just asked for. Or maybe if I asked for something too big, then I would seem great greedy. I don't know what it was, you guys, but I just had a real problem articulating what I wanted on my birthday. And so every year we would have this same conversation. My parents would always respond the same way. They would say, look, If you don't tell us what it is that you want for your birthday, you're probably not going to get anything you want. You with me? If you don't tell us what you want, then we're going to buy whatever we think you might want, and that may or it may not be what you're looking for. Now listen, when it comes to God, when it comes to our faith, he already knows every single need and desire we have before we ever speak it. And yet, again and again in the scripture, we are called to bring our requests boldly before the throne of grace. God wants us to articulate the the needs and the wants and the wishes that we have in our heart. He wants your faith to be specific. He wants you to be direct and particular about what it is that you're asking him for. So here's what I want you guys to do, okay? I want you to imagine that Jesus is standing in front of you today the way that he was standing in front of these men in Matthew chapter number 20. And I want you to imagine Jesus looking you in the eye and saying, what is it 
that you want me to do for you? If he asked you that, do you actually have an answer? Like today, do you know what's this big, crazy, audacious thing that I would ask Jesus to do? This thing that everybody has always said is crazy. The thing that is deep inside of me that I've always hoped would be true, but I've been afraid to even speak it out loud in prayer because it seems selfish or irrational or whatever. Is it possible that if Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? You'd be like, uh, well, uh, I don't really know. Let me think about it for a little while and I'll get back to you. Jesus wants us to have this crazy faith that articulates what's going on. Because frankly, it's easier, you guys, to just mumble vague prayers and ask God for a general blessing. Yeah, God, just bless me, whatever that means. You take care. I I trust you. Fine, do whatever you want to do. Imagine if these men in Matthew number 20 had said that. They just said, I don't know, God, whatever you want to do, we're open to it. Just you do you and we'll go along for the ride. I mean, again, that's a type of faith. But in this particular situation, Jesus responded and he worked a miracle in their lives because they had the guts to be specific and to be crazy in the request that they made, all right? So this morning, here's what we want to do. We want to help you articulate that crazy, specific request that you might have. That crazy thing that you might ask God for over the next six or so weeks, or maybe even longer. We want to help you get it out of you to bring it to God in a very tangible way. So you might have noticed this morning when you came in out in the lobby, we have hung a set of giant posters on the wall. Did you see that when you came in? If you went over there, you would have seen that there are little squares, there are boxes, there is a section uh, where you can go up there. We've got markers in the back, and we're going to challenge and invite every single one of you to write down your prayer request on that wall. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, they're going to be up there every single week of this series. So if you're not able to get to it today, you can get to it later. But can I challenge you? Let's go ahead and take this step of faith. If you're going to do it later anyway, you might as well go ahead and do it today. There is a spot on there for you to write down the answer to the question, what do you want Jesus to do for you? What are you believing for? What is it that you're hoping for? Now, listen, you can write um, down one thing or you can write down five things. I don't care. You can write down your real needs, the things that are super spiritual that every good Christian should write down on their paper. Or you can also write down your wants, your wishes, your desires, the things that you're like, I know this isn't necessarily spiritual, but I sure would love it if God would provide this for me. And you can fill it out anonymously. There's a space where it says name and request. And you can fill it out anonymously, but I think there is something really special that happens when we write our name and we are public and bold in declaring, you know what? This is me. These are my requests. And I'm not ashamed. I'm not worried about what other people are going to think seeing my request next to my name. I just have crazy faith that God is able to do these things if it's according to his will. So we're going to challenge and invite you guys to write down your faith request, your crazy faith request there on the wall. Now, I have already taken the time to fill mine out. If you go out there right now, there's literally one card filled out, and it's mine. And I'm going to show it to you because I want you guys to get a sense of what this might be, okay? So here we are. This is what I wrote. You can tell I have amazing handwriting, you guys. For a serial killer, I have the best handwriting of any... Okay. Anybody, everybody always gives me a hard time about my handwriting. That's why I never write you guys personal notes because you wouldn't be able to read them. All right. Name, Dan. 
my request. I'm believing God for my father's salvation. I've been praying for this for a long time, you guys. It's like sometimes my dad takes steps closer to faith, and then I have another conversation, and I'm like, this guy is miles away, all right? So I continue to pray. I just believe that one day my dad will discover the love of God and the forgiveness of sin through Jesus. Dad, if you're watching, I'm just telling you that's what your boy prays for every single week. I'm praying for children. I'm, I'm about to turn 41 in a couple of weeks, and I just believe that God has the power to give me a family. I don't know if he will, but I just believe. I have a desire in my heart, and I know that God has the power, so I'm not going to quit praying for it. So if you're watching, you have a baby for sale. Let me know, okay? <clears throat> I'm praying for permanent residency. You guys may or may not know, Amber and I have lived here for six years, and we're still on visas. Every few years, we got to go to the government, get permission to continue to live here. We kind of like to stick around. So even though I keep getting no's from the stupid government, I keep praying, God, give me a breakthrough. Give me a yes. Mr. Trudeau, if you're watching, hook a brother up, okay? And you know what? I'm praying for a cyber truck because I'm that guy. I'm that guy. And I'm not ashamed. I don't care. I know that's unspiritual. I know it's silly. I don't expect that God's going to give it to me, but I'm going to ask for it anyway, okay? So listen, when you leave today, I'm going to challenge you to go out and don't make a right and head to the front door. I'm going to challenge you to make a left and head to the wall. Go over there, grab a marker, and you can go way off in the corner down low where nobody's ever going to see it. That's fine. Go ahead and write your name and write down that thing that you're believing God for. Put it down. Write it down. Make it plain. Now, I'm going to challenge you before you write it down, I want you to ask a question. The question I want you to ask is, what's the crazy version of this request that I'm about to put down? What's the crazy version of what I'm about to write? And the reason you need to ask that is because you're going to have a tendency to play it safe, to be general, to write something that's kind of normal, kind of reasonable, you know? But listen, the scripture, Ephesians chapter number three, verse 20, it doesn't say that God is able to do the reasonable things that you might ask him for. It says God can do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond anything you could ever hope or dream. So what's the crazy version of the request? And again, there's a difference between that reasonable faith and that crazy faith. Let me give you another example. So we've been praying for a while now that God would open the doors for the new building, the next building at Connect Church. Now, I know some of you guys are like, wait, what? We just got into this building and you're already praying about another building? Are you not happy with this one? What's going on there? But how many of you guys recognize our vision for Connect Church is bigger than this room, okay? We're trying to reach South Calgary. We're trying to reach Airdrie. We want to reach Cochrane. We're even interested in Chestermere, guys. We want the gospel to go over this entire region everywhere we can. So you better believe that we're praying now for future miracles. Yes, we're already asking God for the next building. Now, I've been praying for this next building with faith, you guys. I really have. God, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know how much it's going to be, but I just believe you'll give us favor with the landlords and it'll be the place we need in the spot we need. I've been praying with faith. Amber, my wife, has not been praying with faith, okay? She's been praying with crazy faith. What I'm about to tell you is 100% true. Every single time, that she prays that God would open doors at this new building. She not only prays that God would provide the building, she prays every time out loud that God would provide a building debt-free. Every time. She's been doing it for months. And I have to tell you guys, this is true. Every time I hear her pray that, 
I cringe. I'm just like, oh, come, like seriously though? Like that's too, not, that's out there. What, what are the odds? How is that ever going to happen? God would provide us a building, that's reasonable. God wouldn't provide us a building debt-free. Come on, that's crazy. And I just imagine God's up in heaven and he's like, yes, it is crazy, but I kind of like a little bit of crazy. I respond to crazy specific faith. So when you go out there today and you write down your prayer requests on the wall, don't write down the reasonable request, please, guys. Take a bold step. Write down the crazy faith. The one that if your friends, if you were to post this as a Facebook status, you would get private messages and people are like, are you okay? Everything good? That's the kind of faith request we are talking about in this series. All right. Um, I, need, I need to say one more thing here because like the, uh, our, our mature believers, our Baptist brothers and sisters, you guys are like, oh, wait a second, wait, 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 Dan. Because this kind of sounds name it and claim it. Sounds like profess and possess, sounds like blab it and grab it, right? It's not. That is not what this message is, okay? I am not guaranteeing that if you go out there and write down Cybertruck that God is going to provide it. But listen to me now. I think the opposite of that is also true. That if we do not bring our requests to God, then we're unlikely to get it. If we don't ask for it specifically, then we shouldn't be surprised if we never receive it. You're going to see in a moment, there are things that God would give you if you only had the faith to ask him for it. So we're going to talk more about this, about why God doesn't give us everything we ask for in faith and all those things. We're going to talk more about that in the series. But right now, I'm not worried about you asking God for silly things. I'm worried about most Christians not asking God for anything. I want you to have the faith to go crazy. I, as your pastor, I would rather say to you, okay, well, let me explain to you why like, you shouldn't pray every day that you win the lotto. Let me explain how this works. You know what I'm saying? But I would rather that than you come to me and say, look, my marriage is over. And I'm like, well, have you prayed about it? Well, no, because that's not gonna change anything. I would much rather pull in, rein in your crazy prayers than try to get you to believe that God could do anything in your life. Okay, one more reason that I think that you should write down your name and your prayer requests boldly, just put them out there publicly. And that's because there may very well be someone in this room who could meet your need. I've seen this happen time and time again in the church. Like maybe you just lost, you know, your lease or, you know, the place that you were living. You need a new place to stay. And somebody else in this building has a basement suite. And they're like, oh, I could totally rent that out to you. I've seen that exact same thing happen. Maybe you're believing, you know, you've got kids and they've wandered from the faith and you're like, ah, you know, it's just hard and I don't know what to do. And there is somebody in this auditorium and they've been through this and they've seen their prodigal return and they can build your faith and they can give you confidence that, you know what, it is possible for them to return. It is possible for you to be reunited. I just have a sense and I've seen this, this is based on experience, that God tends to match up our needs with his people. That that is the way that God works. Maybe we could phrase it like this, okay? God is the ultimate source of all of our miracles, but people are the resource that God uses to meet so many of those miracles. God is always the source, but people may be the resource. And so there may be needs right here and now in this auditorium that somebody across the aisle could meet. They just don't know about them. So if you would write your name and your request out there on the wall, somebody might see it and say, oh, I could help with that. I've got a car that's just sitting in the garage and going nowhere. I could give you a reasonable deal on that. 
Time and time again, I've seen God do it, and I believe he's going to continue to do it. In fact, what we want to do to close out our service today is we want to illustrate exactly what I'm talking about. This is something we have been so excited to do. And you guys, I just think something small like you're about to see is going to help you to build faith over what God wants to do in the next six weeks in your lives and in the lives of everybody here at Connect Church. So would you help me welcome to the stage my wife, Amber, and our good friend, Cara. You want to come to the stage, girl? Thank you so much. Cara's like, I have no idea why you're bringing me up here right now, but okay, sure, I'll come. Thanks. Hi. Good to see you, Cara. Yes. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Amber. Yeah, so Kara is one of my massage clients, and we were talking one day, and she was telling me um, about some crazy faith that she's been walking through, and um, she had no idea that I was going to share her story at all. She just thought she was coming up here to help, and um, <laughs> she's like, uh. Um, so I'm just so excited to tell you about this journey that she's been on, where she has been walking through one of our connect groups um, a couple years ago, I believe, where you were walking through Financial Peace University. We offer this group every single semester. It's game changer, you guys. If you are struggling with debt or trying to live better in your finances, this is the place to be. And so um, Cara attended that group and walked through it. And she was like, this is some things that I want to work on is to um, be debt free. And she has been living in crazy faith yes, for that. Yeah. And and so um, kind of share with her a little bit more about what we're planning on doing to partner with her. So, Cara, what we've heard is that you've been working really, really hard to pay off your student loans. That you've been working just the grind month after month. So many of you guys know exactly what this is like. And you're all so close. It's like the finish line is right there. It's just like, oh, it's, it's so close. So you've got a little bit left on your student loans, right? Not anymore. As of today, Connect Church... We're paying off. We're taking care of it. It's done. They're gone. No more. You don't owe another dollar on those student loan debts. Now, I know some of you guys are like, did this girl go to medical school? How much money did they just give her? Triple digits, okay? It's not a huge amount, but it's going to be a huge amount for you. And what we want you to know is this. We have seen you leaning in, in crazy faith. And what we want you to remember is what I just said. We are the resource. God is the ultimate source. This is God blessing you through your church family, saying we love you, we are behind you, and in crazy faith, we believe that God wants you to be free from this so that you can use that money in more productive ways for the kingdom's sake. So, Kara, it's done. We're going to take care of that for you today. All right, girl? Oh, it's our pleasure. We love you. Thank you so much. But you know what? One's not good enough. One's not good enough. We want to do another one. So I'm going to invite my man, Adam Mann, up to the stage. You guys make some noise for Adam. Adam has been coming to Connect Church for a long time, and he's had a very interesting faith journey. One of the things that you need to know is that over the last month, two, three months, he's really been leaning in. He's been taking steps closer to God. We've had so many conversations in the lobby after the service in which he said, hey, Dan, this is what I'm trying to figure out about my faith. What do you think? And we've talked through it. We've prayed through it. He's come to me and said, hey, Dan, I really want to give. You know, I believe in supporting the ministry of Connect Church, but boy, it's really hard because I've got a lot of bills and my job isn't exactly what I want it to be. And then he's recently told me that he is starting up a new venture in his life. He is kicking off a new business as a personal trainer. If you've known him for a long time, your boy has gotten jacked over the last few months. He's looking good. And he's been working hard to do all the certification he needs to in order to work as a personal trainer. But people have told us 
that unfortunately you're missing a critical piece in order to get this business off the ground. That you've actually been using your little cell phone to read your textbooks and to do your homework so that you can get the certification that you need. So buddy, because we've seen God at work in your life, because you've been taking steps closer to Jesus, and because we want you to know how much God loves you, and he has the power and ability, even the desire, to do crazy things that you never could have imagined in your life. Turn right around there. We've got a brand new laptop for you, buddy. That's yours. You don't owe us a dollar for it. Here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do. Believe, my friend, that God is with you. Believe that he'll meet every single need you have, particularly as you walk in closeness and fellowship with him. And then, hey, as you start this new business, let's do everything we can to honor God in it because he is the one who is blessing it from start to finish. You guys, let's make some noise for my man, Adam. Hey, listen, every single week, you're going to see us do things like this. Now, we're not always going to be giving away stuff and giving cars. You get a car, you get a car. There's going to be a lot of different things that we do. But every single Sunday, you are going to see something like this. And the point is to prime the pump. The point is to get you to understand that there are resources within God's church to meet the needs that you think right now are crazy. There is an opportunity for God to show up in big ways in your life, just like he showed up in Kara's life, just like he's showing up every single day in Adam's life. I'm done. I'm out of time. I got to leave you with one final verse. James chapter number four, verse number two. Please listen to this verse. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. There are things that our Father in heaven would give you. Things that are exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we could ask or even imagine if we would just ask. 